sometimes I think people can be a little embarrassed that they're not doing enough. Maybe they are just starting and they they do feel this pressure that you mentioned. And I want to encourage them to start with something that they can do. Maybe they're just maybe they're just recycling glass out of their out of their building where normally is going in the landfill. Maybe they take that tiny step. Maybe they add a couple of EV chargers to their parking lot to encourage their employees. Just start with something and then just grow that over time. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe that it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. In today's episode, Jeff Bond and William Smith host a conversation with Tim Eccles, Vice Chairman of the State of Georgia Public Service Commission. The mission of the Georgia Public Service Commission is to exercise its authority and influence to ensure that consumers receive safe, reliable, and reasonably priced telecommunications, electric, and natural gas services from financially viable and technically competent companies. This conversation was hosted at the TAG FinTech South 2022 conference at the Georgia World Congress Center. Tim talks about how organizations can move toward environmental sustainability, communicating environmental, social, and corporate governance initiatives with stakeholders, and the outlook of sustainable energy in Georgia's future. Let's jump into this conversation with Tim Eccles. Over to you, Jeff. All right, we are at the TAG FinTech 2022 conference, uh, FinTech South here at Georgia World Congress Center with Tim Eccles. Tim, thanks for joining us. Man, great. What a fantastic crowd, super event. It's just become a staple in Atlanta. Excellent. Well, I know you're here to talk a lot about ESG, and I wanted to just give a little preview of your breakout session that you're about to to bring to the table and this important conversation around sustainability in our future. So can you kind of walk us through what you're uh, about to present, tease it a little bit? Yeah, if you look at any of the sponsors of this event. Just go to their website, just click about and look at their annual report. And you're going to see around page four, page five, maybe page 10, something about ESG, something about what they're doing in their communities, what they're doing in regards to the environment. I'm going to be giving some fresh ideas. I'm going to be giving some ideas about how they can work with the utility to accomplish these goals and talk about some of the other kind of examples we have in in Atlanta, whether it's NCR and what they've done in that double lead platinum building, the only one of its kind, east of the Mississippi, or even just across the street, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and how they recycle glass in the belly of that beast and how they build habitat homes from the aluminum they collect. I mean, there's so many great examples, and we're going to share some of those today. Yeah, great stories. And so how has the ESG climate changed over the last, say, five years or even just during the pandemic? Is this a kind of a a surge of interest in it that you're seeing now coming out of the pandemic? I I really don't attribute the pandemic with causing this. I mean, I think it's just been a continual awareness and a conscientiousness of the importance of this. And sometimes, honestly, it's for show. Maybe let's take BMW as you drive from here to Spartanburg, South Carolina. BMW has lined about an acre of solar panels that you can see from Interstate 85. Well, that that's not even pow- powering the cafeteria. But a lot of people don't know that. What the message is, is that BMW cares about that. So I'm not saying doing show solar or show anything when it comes to ESG is wrong. 
in fact, you want your shareholders, your customers, you want them to see it and know that it's important to you, not only on page five of the annual report, but that you are actually taking the real technology and employing it in some way. I like what you said about that, because there are a lot of people out there that talk about virtue posturing and greenwashing and kind of um, bash that a little bit in public. But really, it's even if they're not fully arrived, even if they're not there, they're making strides forward. And maybe we can kind of cultivate that spirit and demonstrate what that looks like to the next generation. Perhaps that would then inspire them to kind of carry the torch and be more intentional. And I see that more with social entrepreneurs coming up at the Gen Z. What trends are you seeing, I guess, in terms of just just like generational impact and interest. Yes, certainly younger people have a keen interest in this. They are more environmentally conscious than their grandparents, let's say. So we are seeing a higher interest, which which I think is why these companies are messaging this loud and clear, because they want people to know they care too, right? That they're not tone deaf when it comes to these things. So you are going to see more and more. But to your earlier comment about the progressive nature of this, there's nothing wrong with companies dipping their toe into this and slowly going into it in a way that makes sense. There's no need to do something that's financially foolish that is not sustainable over time. So what good is it if you just do this for a year or two? Why not create something that will stand the test of time? Just like Cox Enterprises has here in Atlanta, one of the most sustainable companies in all of Georgia, and they are doing a fantastic job with Kelly Blue Book, autotrader.com, any of their uh, properties. Mm. So if you think of the influence that is surrounding us today here at this Tag Fintech South Conference, a lot of money flows through Atlanta, 70% of transactions. There's a lot of people that have this opportunity to use their influence as a force for good. As you're having conversations across the room, Innovation Alley, all that, what are you talking to people about and what are you hearing from them? Sometimes I think people can be a little embarrassed that they're not doing enough. Maybe they are just starting and they, they do feel this pressure that you mentioned. And I, I want to encourage them to start with something that they can do. Maybe they're just recycling glass out of their building where normally it's going in the landfill. Maybe they take that tiny step. Maybe they add a couple of EV chargers to their parking lot to encourage their employees. Maybe they buy some of Georgia Power's community solar as just a tiny piece of their electricity portfolio. Just start with something, go ahead and message that out, and then just grow that over time. Hmm. I love the small steps that you talk about. Uh, James Clear talks about that in his book of Atomic Habits. It's not like trying to make these big sweeping changes immediately, but what's just one small thing that you can do consistently and with a commitment to it to demonstrate that you're making those moves and then start to evaluate how you can continue to add that on. So I think that's sage advice. I think from a value standpoint, there's nothing wrong with in this year's annual report mentioning that you that you started purchasing a certain amount of your electricity as green power from Georgia Power, that you've started a composting program and that you've got EV chargers. Okay, you just did those three things. Next year, maybe you add a little something on the corporate campus. Um, maybe you've, you, you know, we're going to, you know, take our new facility and try to get to lead goal. And you mentioned this. So you each year you're messaging something and demonstrating something that shows a consistency over 
time. So I don't think you have to do mammoth budget-breaking projects in order to demonstrate an awareness that this is important. Mm. So what does uh, the future of energy uh, mean to you? Certainly in a state like Georgia, we do have control of our portfolio mix, right? So we're going to be voting in 30 days about this next 20-year energy plan and what it's going to look like. How many additional gas plants are we going to acquire? How much more solar are we going to do? How many coal plants can we realistically close in North Georgia and keep reliability where it needs to be? What kind of incentives are we going to give for electric vehicles to companies like Amazon that may want to take a Rivian van and send those things into neighborhoods, which they're already doing in California? How are we going to help them when they get in, when their drivers get in with 150 vans at 530 in the afternoon? How are we going to make sure that there's not a grid impact across the metro as that happens. Can we give some carrots to people to incentivize them? Hey, go ahead and plug in, but use the app to set it to start at 10 o'clock or start at 11 o'clock. Companies need incentives. They respond to incentives. I want to hear from companies. What would it take for you to do this? What's the obstacle that you're having in in electrifying part of your fleet or putting solar on your building? I want to hear what they're thinking in terms of why it doesn't work so that I can create solutions to help them do it. Tim, can you give us a quick update on nuclear and where that stands with power in Georgia? Yeah, we have four working reactors, and I'm really glad we do because take the federal government, for example. They are a very big electric customer in Georgia. We have half a dozen military bases. We have a lot of USDA facilities, VA hospitals. Uh, There's just a tremendous number of them. The Biden administration is, is signaling right now that there's going to be a time in the future when the federal government says, we want all of the energy powering all of our federal facilities to be carbon free. And they've gone from saying green or clean or renewable to carbon free. And this is very important because those reactors are carbon free. And so and they're saying we want a we want a 24 seven match on this, meaning at three in the morning when the solar that you have is not working, we still want carbon free power in federal facilities. Well, the only way that Georgia can provide that is through our hydroelectric dams and our nuclear power plants. So I think the energy has evolved and as ESG is involved and as the appetite for clean energy is involved, these reactors are becoming more and more important because coupled with all the solar that we have, and by the way, Georgia will be fourth in the nation in installed solar by 2024 based on what we've approved. So Georgia has made unbelievable strides in this. But coupled with all of that solar and all of those batteries that we're installing will be this nuclear power that is the overnight backbone of what companies need to be able to fulfill these goals. Tim, I love your energy towards this. What gets you out of bed kind of driving towards these goals and excited about it? And I know you talked about having seven children. You have a heart for nonprofits. You're working on other things around human trafficking. I mean, you're busy after purpose. Why? You know, I set a goal when I was in college at the University of Georgia to be a statewide elected official. It was one of my lifelong goals. I didn't fulfill that goal until I was 49 years old. But I love this job. 
I don't desire to do any other job. It's so important, yet so many people don't know anything about it. It is all about planning. It is all about making sure that our state is in a place to continue to attract more great fintech companies, more companies that want to come here and set up manufacturing, uh, more companies that want to have a better quality of life from their employees uh, than maybe where they had been before. So I really love doing an excellent job. I love engaging with people, educating people. It's just so fun. Well, Tim, thank you for this inspiring gift of time and uh, for sharing just your heart with our listeners today. Yeah, thanks so much. Y'all have a great conference. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.